0: What's it like to go from pizza delivery boy to VP of talent management at one of the biggest food brands in the country? Rich Butler comes on today's episode of Higher Learning to talk to us about all things talent management, how to interview, tuition reimbursement, and the culture at Papa John's. I can't wait for you to hear all about his crazy interview stories and all the different insights he had. This is a great episode. Welcome to another episode of Higher Learning. I am your host, Oz Rashid. Today, my friends, we have a very special guest. Today, we're joined by Rich Butler, former head of talent management at Papa John's and current executive coach. How are you doing today, Rich? I'm doing
1: fantastic, Oz. Thanks for having me on uh, the podcast.
0: Really excited to talk. I know you've got some very strong principles on talent that I can't wait to dive into. You've got an amazing story that I can't wait to have our listeners here and on i'm gonna start here and you can be honest okay. with us because okay. you're no longer with papa john's at any point did you have another type of chain pizza while you worked at papa john's or is that just completely Prasada non grata you couldn't let that happen like did pizza hut ever sneak in or little caesars you can be honest what, with us
1: what? yeah well it's funny that you asked that i you know i i have to tell you no the answer to that is no absolutely not it didn't did not allow any other chain pizza uh, in the household would allow some independence though so did did enjoy some uh independent pizzeria shops you know uh chicago style uh, you know I, I really enjoy that and some new york style independent pizzerias but no other chains were allowed in the house and i would catch a lot of grief for that just so you know
0: but i'm glad company man you know what i wanted to make sure <laughs> i, I want to make sure that was the case i'm glad to hear it i'm going to ask one more pizza question so yeah. are you the type of guy that would maybe make pizza at home are you just so sick of pizza when you're working there day to day that you're going i want sushi i want tacos i want something completely out of it
1: (laughs) no it's a great question i we make pizza here at the house all the time so you know we've got a a a brick oven at the house and really enjoy you know coming up with uh different recipes different combinations and we have a lot of fun with it you know we'll make our own dough at, at home uh do a family night with it with the kids And so it's usually about, you know, one at least once a month, sometimes every other week. But yeah.
0: All right. Next time I'm in town, I'm coming over for pizza night. Tell the kids. You ought to.
1: Yeah. Come on. Let's do it. 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 All
0: right. So let's start here. You're currently a professional coach working with middle management executives in corporate America. I'd like to understand why you got into that. What gaps did you see? And then honestly, what gave you the confidence to feel like you could step in and help advise these people and help make things better for them?
1: Yeah. You know, for me, it's, it really goes back to my purpose and I really enjoy helping people, you know, achieve what they never thought possible before. You know, the gap uh, I think is consistent among most leaders out there and they, they have limiting beliefs. You know, a lot of leaders, they just get stuck in this um, thought process where they have some limiting beliefs out there and they get faced with a new challenge and, and sometimes they just need a thought partner to help them get out of their own head and take a step back and and reevaluate the situation and and figure out another way to take the mountain, if you will. And and I get a lot of fulfillment from that, you know. So it's it's really uh, based in servant leadership, right? Um, Zig Ziglar had a quote that I picked up many many years ago when I I was in my early twenties, and it was, "You can live the life that you want, always have the life that you know you you want if you help enough people." get what they want. And that really stuck. And so for me, it's always been about the people even throughout my entire career at Papa John's. And that just carried over after that.
0: And I love that I just I think about all the great CEOs that have existed, almost all of them have had some level of an executive coach or have had some sort of help. I know that and it's a little bit different as an entrepreneur. But you know, when our company went from having three partners to just one partner, you know, at first, there was some excitement, there was some some relief. And then there was also some level of wow, I didn't realize like how much the other people who are going through the exact same thing that I am helped lift some of that burden off my back. Just you could empathize with somebody. And then all of a sudden I felt very lonely in terms of being able. I didn't really have anywhere to turn. I didn't feel like I had I could do it with my employees. I didn't feel like I had friends who knew what I was going through. My, obviously my friends, I mean my family and my wife, it's a different situation. You know, they just sometimes can't relate. And so I actually put together an advisory board at that point because I wanted to get other people to say, Hey, here's what you should do in this situation. Or here, if you need to vent, here it is. Um, and so sometimes having somebody that can kind of light that tunnel for you, no matter how accomplished you are, no matter how much you've done, that different perspective, that guidance, that that getting you back into the right mental state can be so so important. So I'm a big believer in executive coaching, and and, and I think you're doing a wonderful thing. I'd like to ask you this: Can you give me an example of maybe somebody that you worked with that you know needed the help right prior, and you had you work with them, and then they had some sort of successful follow-up there or something that you knew that your work impacted them in a way that was super positive.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I've, being at Papa John's, I've developed a lot of relationships with franchisees over the years. And and those are the type of leaders that I really work with are business owners, small business owners. But I, I have to tell you the, the, the one story that I'd like to share with you uh, that, uh, you know, holds a, a close place in, in my heart on someone that I have coached and they've gone on to do some, some wonderful things was, the first uh, Chief Diversity, uh, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Papa John's, Victoria Russell. And, you know, I was there at Papa John's, uh, the Head of Talent Management at the time. This was uh, in 2018. And Victoria was appointed as the new Chief Diversity of Equity and Inclusion Officer. And she was was on fire, right? I mean, super passionate about the work, the space, which, of course, is why, you know, she was appointed, uh, appointed to the role, but... There came a time that that is a tough gig. Anybody that is in DEI, it, it is a tough gig. It's a fairly new space for a lot of corporations out there. Everyone's you know still figuring it out. It's changing and evolving as it as it goes, and so there's not necessarily a linear career path for anyone that's going into that. Most people are coming in from. Another role somewhere within the organization, have a completely different background, right? Because it's just. Let me social interject social. one thing there,
0: because I think it's a really good point you call out. And when I've talked to different yeah. DEI executives, it's that depending on how the organization is structured and where their role sits, DEI yeah. really right. needs to be intrinsic in everything happening in the everything, organization, everything. not everything. this everything. perfunctory thing where we have come sit co-pilot or shotgun and then bring up a DEI component and see if we right. can do it. it's right. truly got to be integrated and so sometimes that can be um disempowering in that role and you can feel like you're not moving the needle the way you want to so I didn't mean to interject there but yeah that's definitely no, yeah, no, a very yeah. very tough position
1: yeah no and thank you for that you're absolutely right and that's the challenge that you know any leader uh, of of DEI faces right it, and you you hit the nail on the head. It has to be woven through the DNA of the brand, of, of the organization, all the way through every every facet. And so it's it's a tough gig. It's a challenging one to take on. It's very new. But she was excited. She was a passionate. You know, she she jumped right into it head first. But there were moments where, you know, she, she came in uh, to my office and she would seek some guidance and some coaching. And there was a point where she was like, I don't know if I can do this. I just don't know if I can do it. And, you know, I, I listened to her just, you know, as, as any good coach would, uh, and friend, right. Listen to her for a little bit. And I said, well, help me understand, you know, and, and a lot of it was just, you know, her believing in herself and her ability to do it. And so after she, we had our discussion, we wrapped it up. I went out and started looking for some proof points. You know, Victoria was someone that was very, uh, data oriented, right? I mean, she would just cling on to the data. She would lead, uh, through the data points, you know the facts, uh, to 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 build out a business case for anything, which was gr- a great approach, right? So, but I knew that if I was going to get through to her and make her believe, it was going to have to be through some data points. And so I uncovered some some really good articles that had just come out about people, you know, leaders coming into the DENI space and where did they come from previously? And lo and behold, here. Here I have some good data points on people that were coming from a marketing background or a previous HR role, which she had both in her background. And so I'm starting, <laughs> I'm sending her these articles and I'm like, Victoria, please take a look at this. I want you to pay close attention to the skill sets that are listed in here. Think about that. And then let's talk about it the next time that we get together. And I'm telling you, it. it she just lit up. From that point on, you know, we had a follow-up discussion after that. She took off. She did phenomenal work at, at Papa John's. And then she went on to uh, Beam Suntory. She left Papa John's and went on to Beam Suntory. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with that, uh, that, that brand, but Jim Beam. Uh, so Beam, Jim Beam. Yeah, right. I'm, so I'm familiar with Jim Beam. I, yeah. I, yeah. There you right. go. Right. So that that group Beam Suntory, uh, they they own probably 60 percent of, you know, whiskey sales worldwide. And, you know, she started uh, building out their DE&I function there. And she's she's just done phenomenal work since then. Uh, but it in that moment, right, uh, where she was starting to have some self-doubt. It really took someone to just kind of pull her out of the situation and reflect on things and then just share some proof points. And then from there, I mean, it was it was game on. And so that's probably, um, you know, one of the people that I have coached over the years that I'm, I'm most proud of. Uh, that has gone on to do some amazing things. But there's plenty of other franchisees that have gone on to do phenomenal work, right? And continue to grow and scale their organizations. And they still reach out to me today to share some of the successes that they're having. And that 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 is the most fulfilling thing that you could possibly do in in my book.
0: Hello Rich. What a fantastic story. And and she went from pizza to whiskey. What What great career pathing. I'm sure that was part of your advice (laughs) as well. That would have been my advice. Love to hear that. Great stuff. All right. So you had a long tenure at Papa John's, particularly in the human resources and talent management space. I'm interested. Why did talent management make sense for your career? And what were some of the initiatives that maybe that you owned or you worked with teams around implementing? I'm also interested to kind of get an idea because people read about Papa John's in the news and different things like that. There's ups and downs like in any organization. What was the culture like was it heavily people people focused when you were there? So just interested in some of the initiatives and some of the things that you saw in terms of how people were were valued and 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 the center of the organization at Papa John's in your time there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I guess I, I probably need to take a moment to give you a little bit of background, right, on how I ended up in the HR space at Papa John's. I, I spent almost 25 years at Papa John's, and I started my career out as a pizza delivery driver. No. So I had no intentions of making this a career in the beginning and uh being based there in Louisville Kentucky where the company was headquartered uh, that market in particular was always leveraged quite a bit for doing the training and onboarding of new operators coming into the system new franchisees coming into the system and I ended up working in training stores and so you know the first uh 12 13 years of my career at Papa John's was in restaurant operations and I just moved up uh Through restaurant operations and various leadership roles. And while my primary responsibility was restaurant operations, my secondary responsibility was training and development. And I was very good at it. I was passionate about it. You know, again, it goes back to how we started out the conversation. I mean, that's my purpose, my why. I get a lot of fulfillment from, you know, helping people achieve more than what they ever thought possible. And so, you know, to get in and, and, and really pour your heart and soul into somebody and see them go on and be super successful, that's the gift that keeps on giving. And so eventually at some point, you know, the leadership team came back to me and said, uh, hey, you're really good at this. Have you ever thought about a career in uh, the headquarters uh, doing training and development, right, building out uh, the systems and, and processes that we need to kind of scale this? And I was like, no. I really did. I hadn't thought about it. You know, I I my thought in my mind at that time, I'm going to go on to be a franchisee. I'm going to go on to own some restaurants. That's that's my thing. But, you know, after giving it some thought and realizing, gosh, I really enjoy this type of work and what a gift if I were to move into that type of a position and be able to have a much greater impact. Right now I'm doing it on a one-to-one basis, but if I were in a position where I could scale it, and impact everyone, in, in a in a greater way. Uh, yeah, sign me up. So I did that, and I ended up moving into the global training and development uh, space first, right before I went into to talent management. So that's how I ended up getting into HR to begin with. It really started. It was it was it started in restaurant operations. It was rooted in my secondary responsibility in training and development, and from there it just continued to blossom and grow. Uh, into HR. And that's how I made the career transition. So I had some great leaders and great mentors uh, at Papa John's that helped me with that career transition and get the education and experience and, and, you know, the mentorship that I needed to succeed. So uh, for, you know, what the culture was like at, at Papa John's, it was absolutely uh, people first all the way, you know, it was like, we're, we're going to achieve the business objectives, you know, through our people through and through the, the slogan at Papa John's is better ingredients, better pizza, right? That permeates throughout the organization and it creates a sense of pride. I believe that most people want to come to work and do a great job. They want to do well. They want to do a great job. They want to take pride in what they're doing. They want to be a part of a winning team. And so, you know, when you have a slogan like better ingredients, better pizza, an organization that takes that very seriously, and then it just, begins to bleed over into all the other areas of the business. Right. And you're doing that through your people and making sure that you're supporting your people and leading your people in a way that, you know, is going to help you achieve some long-term growth. Uh, that's phenomenal. Right. And that's, that's what got me to fall in love with, with the brand and stay there for as long as I did. Uh, so that's really what the culture was like. Um, you know, what taking, initiatives
0: did you maybe spearhead, like maybe leadership development or succession plan, help. anything that you, you really spearheaded that you're
1: really proud of in your time there? Career development, you hit it. That was it. So, you know, in the beginning, uh, I grew with the brand. In the beginning, there was obviously, you know, a, a huge focus on technical skills. How do you make a good pizza? How do you run a great restaurant? Those were the hard skills. But, it, you know, at some point, you know, in your growth, you really got to start thinking about, career pathing, developing those soft skills, those leadership skills, and getting those leaders to a place where, you know, they can be truly effective. And so we ended up looking at, hey, how can we build out a career path that is unique to Papa John's? We looked at a lot of leaders like myself that had been there for years. and Their path wasn't linear. My path certainly wasn't linear. I ended up making a huge, you know, uh, transition into HR from restaurant operations. So we, we built that out. Um, you know, we called it uh, CSR to CEO. That's how we branded it. Was very, very proud of the program uh, when it launched. And it really did, you know, show the art of what's possible. It painted a very clear picture for all the team members within the organization that you could start here and essentially go anywhere um, in the company, right? And here were the steps that you needed to take, the things that you needed to learn, and we ended up building out uh, the the leadership, you know, competency model and all the, you know, the modules um, providing the, you know, experiential learning that the leaders needed uh, to get, right, to to uh, practice those skills and and get good at it. So uh, that was a huge win. You know, 90% of the leadership roles there at Papa John's are now promoted from within. Wow. So that's huge. Huge. Major kudos
0: yeah. to you on that. Now, listen, I'm going to rewind us a little bit. You talked about the fact that you started your career in a very unusual way. Started on the pizza (laughs) delivery side, which I love. I love that story. And I want to talk in a minute about what you did to kind of, because listen, there's probably a lot of people listening to this who are maybe in jobs that they don't see as their long-term future, maybe even their immediate future. They're doing it for For the next step, and you are a case study in somebody that went from you know, maybe one of the the lower level roles in the organization and worked your way up to one of the higher level roles in the organization. I want to talk about that, but let's start here. I want to to take you back to the day that you applied and you got that. Do you remember that? Do you remember like it was such a fortuitous thing, right? To to apply for that. Was that, did you know somebody there? Did you just walk in and ask for an application? Was it just a no brainer? Because you always like Papa John's Pizza. Like what led to you applying for that role?
1: Well, it's a really funny story, right? So I, I was actually working at Domino's prior to Papa John's. Oh, and I was a general manager there and a lot of people were leaving Domino's and they were going to Papa John's. And I said, well, you know, I'm not, not me. I'm going to hold out. Right. As long as I possibly can. And I, and I tried, but eventually it got to the point where it's like, you know what? I see what's going on over there and I want to, I want to be a part of a winning team. I want to do it. So I, I finally, you know, made that leap. I, I went to talk to somebody over at Papa John's. They were not, we're not going to hire anybody in directly as a journal manager. Like you've got to, you've got to start out either as a pizza maker or a delivery driver and you got to work your way up. Hmm. And they were just very adamant about it. And I was like, man, that's a huge step backwards for me. So, uh, but I did it because I wanted to join the organization. I'm like, yeah, sign me up. Let's, but you had enough those. confidence I, I, that you were
0: going to be able to get in there and you're going to be able to work your way back up because you had some of that previous right. knowledge. You had some of that previous experience. I love that. That's right. Yep. What do yep. you do? What would you recommend to somebody who's early in their career that wants to stand out in a way that will get them noticed by management and leadership and they can kind of excel?
1: Well, a few things, right? You, you know, I, it first of all, it starts with attitude. You You have to have a positive can-do attitude. Don't think about ways in which it's not going to work. Think about ways in which it will work so have a good attitude you know treat other people with respect the next thing is authenticity be true to yourself and don't try to change who you are right so what you see on stage is what you get off stage with me and i i cannot stress that enough with people We talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the power of diversity is having everyone bring their whole selves to work, because we can't benefit from your diversity if you're not willing to be your true self all the time, right? So that's extremely important. Be authentic. Have a great attitude. Uh, Don't be afraid to take on some new challenges. Believe in yourself. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, um, it's, it's all about the life experiences. If you get an opportunity to take on a new life experience, a new challenge, it doesn't matter if you're ready for it or not, because guess what? Most people aren't ready to take the next step. I don't care who it is, but they have, you know, the, the belief in themselves that, Hey, look, uh, I'm probably going to make some mistakes. I'm probably going to fail in a couple of places along the way, but that's okay because that's how I learned. So have a growth mindset at the end of the day, right? Get in there, be, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Those are some of the things that I would say uh, really led to my success over the years and in, in my ability to just continue to move up.
0: I think that's fantastic advice. And it's so funny because we've given a term more recently to this with imposter syndrome, But to me, it's such a fallacy because everybody (laughs) doesn't know how to do something the first time they take it. They learn through experience. They get the reps. They get the opportunity and then they get it. So everybody has some level of like, I haven't done this before. I'm not fully confident I can or will do it. And that's okay. But don't let it become a self-limiting belief, right? Like you said, put yourself out there, adapt, have that growth mindset. I always like to say, I might not know how to do this right now, but I don't stay bad at anything for long. So if I'm going to put in the time and the effort then I'm going to make sure that I figure it out and I get to where I need to go. Um, and if I don't, I probably didn't find it important enough to put the time and effort into it to, to get where I needed to go. So if your career is important to you, you'll adapt, you'll figure it out, you'll learn. There's tons of yeah, resources yeah. around you. So I love that. I love that. Hopefully somebody listens to that and that's going to really help them as they grow in their career. You know, yeah, yeah. last before we get into kind of some of the hiring and talent questions. You and I are a little bit alike in that. Well, we love pizza. But also, HR guys, a little bit nerdy about tech. So one of the things that we talked about was, you know, I've said this before. When I work with clients, and and, and a lot of times we're working with them around outsourcing of recruitment and figuring out their organization hiring for the year, that when we get these workforce plans on January 1st, I have yet to see a client get within 10% standard deviation on that by the end of the year. There's always things. That's how businesses, (laughs) things change, right? I'm interested, though. Because you and I talked about this and it seems like you had some effectiveness in the planning space. How do you think AI and other technologies really going to help us when it comes to something like workforce planning in an organization that is so imperative and getting it right can be really, really crucial? Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's a great question. And, you know, I couldn't agree more with you on, you know, how many organizations are probably getting it right, you know, within that workforce plan. Listen, that's just the environment. That's the business landscape. And with each passing year, things are moving at, at such an accelerated rate in terms of innovation. I mean, this is an extremely fast-paced environment these days uh, in the business landscape. So that's where I think AI is really going to come into play. I think it's going to help people uh, keep up, right, in terms of uh, the pace and all the the changes that are currently happening in in the market. You know, uh, so as we're we're looking at what the business needs are, you know, what capabilities uh, does the business need to achieve its strategy for the upcoming year, or heck, even for the next three years? How does that compare to what's currently out there? Mm. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot that you need to take into consideration with a solid workforce plan if you want to get better than being within 10% of that. And when you have to process and crunch that much data and keep up with that many moving parts, AI is definitely going to help speed that process up for people. Love it. Good stuff.
0: All right, listen, I'm obsessed with hiring. You are obsessed with talent. So this is what this podcast is about. So we want to dive into it. I know you've done tons of hiring throughout your career. You've seen so many people come into organizations. So I want to start to ask you some questions in this space and, and kind of pick your brain. Let's start here. Do you have a core hiring philosophy for the type of people that you want to bring into your team or into your organization? Anything that kind of stands out in terms of maybe first principles?
1: Yeah, some characteristics for sure uh, of what I'm looking for in an individual, especially in the day and age that we're in now, right? And I've already touched on some of those uh, as part of what I think it's going to take to be successful to move up in any organization, regardless of what your starting point is. So the first one, right, is your attitude. I think attitudes is extremely important. Uh, That can do attitude, uh, you know, being very interpersonal, treating people with respect. That's critical. The next one, of course, is the authenticity, being true to yourself. We're never going to benefit from diversity of everyone across the organization if you're holding out on us. So be true to who you are, right? We're all going to be able to benefit from that. Uh, Thirdly, you know, is um, action-oriented. Being action-oriented, you got to take action. Um, the next one is having that growth mindset. You know, so I mentioned that earlier. You have to be a lifelong, lear- a lifelong learner. Continuous learning, It's it's got to be there at the rate in which things are evolving and growing today. You know, I don't care if you're getting it from articles on LinkedIn or picking up, you know, white papers or having... You know, uh, a transfer of knowledge through meetings with vendors, wherever you need to get it right. I mean, continuous learning has to be there. And don't be afraid to fail and make make mistakes. Um, that's going to be your best learning for sure. So continuous learning, being action oriented, um, you know, authenticity, having a good good attitude. And of course, you have to have relatable skills to what I'm looking for. You got to be in the ballpark. I'm not necessarily looking for your pedigree. I'm not necessarily looking for your credentials. I'm not putting a lot of stock in those things. Is it a point of consideration? For sure. I don't even think you have to be from the same industry or maybe even the same position right? in, in a previous role. If you have relatable skills, transferable skills, and you're looking to make a career transition, I'm okay with that. Wow. I think that is an exceptional point. I love the way you frame that as relatable
0: skills, not even having to come from the industry, not even having to come from the position. What are the key core skills that make somebody successful in this position and do they have those and can you interview against right. those? I think that's right. such great advice. I want to ask you, interviews are a little pocket of time that we have to try to learn as much as we can about somebody that we're bringing into our organization, right? Somebody that, yeah. you know, we've yeah. all heard the wrong hire can set you back years and the right hire can yeah. take you to yeah. the next level, right? How do you determine or what type of questions would you ask around action orientation that would help you feel comfortable that that's that's somebody that has that and is, that's in their nature? Um, obviously, it's tough to be 100 percent on that, but anything come to mind?
1: Yeah, you know, you you always want to try to get into the storytelling, right? I mean, that's where, the, you know, the age old question of, hey, tell me about a time when, uh, of course, always comes up, but always used to uh, paraphrase that a little bit in in conversations with people and yeah, you know, tell me about a story. give me tell me a story of when you know you were able to complete a project or when you weren't. Either one is good for me. Uh, I think so many times in an interview process, people want to portray themselves in the best light possible. I'm okay with you telling me about your failures because I know that you learned from it. You know, so if you can tell me about a time where you weren't successful in completing a project, I want to hear about it. What happened? would you learn from it? Uh, sometimes I'll even get into a pointed question to, to look for the failures, but I'm good with, with either one. And the conversation has to start out by, you know, some sort of an icebreaker, ease the tension, get them comfortable, get them talking. If, if they're not comfortable, right. And they're really tense and uptight and you can feel that vibe, odds are you know you're really not going to get to the heart of the stories because their brain's shutting down they're blocking those things out can't access that information on call when you're in the discussion for only about 30 to 45 minutes good call out
0: what about when i ask you about a memorable interview experience maybe you were interviewing somebody or somebody was interviewing you any come to mind when i ask you about that
1: (laughs) well i have i have both right so i have a too. Pretty Let's memorable what... experience for myself. And when I was interviewing somebody else, um, uh, which one would you like? Give me both. I want them both. You want them both? Okay, great. Yeah. Why so not <laughs> for me, uh, there was a time where I was uh, interviewing for an internal promotion. I was going from restaurant journal manager to director of operations, which is a multi-unit manager. You oversee multiple uh, restaurants, right? And I had been up for this, this position for quite some time. And I had to go in front of a panel of other above store leaders in the company and present a business case, you know, so they give you the, the business case, Hey, you need to give us a presentation for about 30 minutes on the front half of content. You know, what would you do in this particular scenario? How would you correct this? And then we'll open it up for Q and a, all that good stuff. We all know how business cases go. So presented my business case, went through everything. I'm feeling great. I'm like, I got this. I crushed it. You know, the, the Q and A's went well. Uh, I was quick on my feet. I was just, I was on cloud nine walking out of there and they're like, Hey, thank you so much for coming in. We're going to get back with you in the next day or so and let you know how it goes. And so this was the regional vice president, um, that, uh, had the hiring decision for this. It guy ended up being a, a, a great mentor of mine over the years and taught me a lot. Comes up, uh, the next day in my restaurant, very early in the morning, we haven't even opened up yet. And he comes by to tell me, he goes, Hey, I just, I just want you to know, I thought you did a pretty good job, but, um, you, you didn't get the job. You didn't get it. And he turned me down and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Thanks for coming by. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, making the effort to tell me in person and and stop by is there any feedback you can give me to to get better so that I can get this job the next time? And we went through and we just had that quick conversation. And I was like, and by the way, who did you end up going with? And so it was one of the other, you know, guys that I had been competing with for quite some time. And he goes, I gave it to, you know, this, this other guy. And and so he's going to get the position. And, but maybe there'll be another opportunity open up for you, you know, at some point. What I didn't know in the moment is that he deliberately came to me to tell me that I didn't get the job, even though he was going to give it to me anyway, because he wanted to see how I would react to being turned down and saying that I didn't get it. Wow. And so I was like, wow, I've never seen anybody do that. And I never even thought like, why would you do that? And he said it was really important to me to see how would you handle You know, that situation, what was your EQ going to look like? How are you going to handle the failure? Because there's going to be so many times where you're put into a situation as an above store leader where you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. And what's your emotional reaction going to be to that? Are you going to look at that and and get defensive and twisted about it and and upset? Uh, Because if you are, those reactions are probably going to lead to more failures, right? But if you can keep your cool and be objective and say, all right, what can I take away from this? What can I learn from this? How can I get better and be looking for ways to get back up on your feet for the next go around? That's great. And that's what I'm looking for. And he goes, you may not agree with the the way I went about doing it, but that's just my way. And I got by the you way, question. congratulations. Did he tell you in the test.
0: moment or did he get back in the car and tell you later? Did he tell you right then after he turned you down or did, did he take a little time?
1: No, he took a little time before he came back and told me that he was oh going to give me goodness. a position. And yeah, he let me fester he, for a little bit.
0: And the feedback on why he said you didn't get it, did you find it to be, did you agree with it or did you feel like it was pertinent or did it kind of sound like BS at the
1: time? It kind of sounded like BS at the time. He was <laughs> like, you know, it, it was, I, I thought it was good. I thought your answers were good. You know, it's just uh, there was somebody better wow okay i love that that's a great story i love you know that. so i mean he was kind of stirring the pot and really trying to trigger me yeah and see if he could get my goat and it just it didn't work
0: but i never heard of that i actually really like that i think you know as much as that might have been frustrating at the time i think that's an amazing story can you follow it up with you got one that you were interviewing somebody else at, at, at that level
1: yeah yeah so something similar i you know i was the uh head of training and development, global training and development. And we were looking to build out the organizational development team, right? So again, like I had mentioned earlier, the focus initially was on hard scale, hard skills, technical skills. How do we teach how to make a good pizza? How do we teach to you know run a good restaurant? Now we wanted to get into the soft skills and build out our leadership development program or career development program. And that meant we needed to bring on uh, some new talent to help us do that, some new capabilities. And so I was on the hunt for... You know, someone to lead uh, organizational development in in the company, and I had posted a position. And it was funny because uh, within you know a couple weeks, I, I end up going to Ashley Furniture, and I'm buying a lot of new furniture at at Ashley's or a new house that we had just bought. And I'm in Ashley's; they're super busy. It's like you know some holiday event. I yeah you know, I think it was like Memorial Day or Labor Day, something like that. I can't remember but it was a really busy time. And so the, the general manager decided he was going to come over and he was going to help me out because his staff was just swamped. So he's like, Hey, I'm going to help you out with this. And, you know, of course we work on commission or whatever. I'm going to, you know, just give it out to the team and let them, let them do it. But as you can see, we're really busy. And I was like, Hey, I get it. You know, so we're sitting down and we're talking and we're getting to know each other. And we're, you know, we're trading stories as he's putting in the computer, the work order, typing in all the, you know, part numbers or whatever it is for the furniture that I'm buying. And, and we kept getting interrupted, uh, you know, cause his staff is so swamped and there's so many people in this building and he keeps getting up and I'm seeing how he is addressing the situation. Guy never lost his cool. I mean, he was cool as a cucumber. And so he goes up and he's, he's helping his team and, being super empathetic and and dealing with the customers, you know, calming the situation down, addressing the issues. This happened probably three or four times throughout the conversation. Right. At some point he tells me that he just got his degree uh, for organizational development. And I said, really, well, that's interesting. He goes, yeah, mind you, he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know who I am or what I'm looking for. And so I'm really intrigued at this point. And I'm like, well, tell me more, you know, about your story. And so he's been looking to make a career change, been the general manager of this Ashley Furniture Store. I am watching this guy demonstrate solid leadership skills, right? This goes back to relevant skills and what I'm looking for in a characteristic of somebody that I'm going to hire. So he couldn't get anybody to take him seriously for an HR role in the OD space after he got his degree because of his background and his experience. So nobody would take a chance on him. And I'm like, well, let's, you, you know, I got his information. We ended up getting his resume. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, after doing some interviews, I gave him a shot and I brought him on board. He's there today. His name's Chad Jones. Does a phenomenal job at Papa John's. Ended up creating probably the industry leading educational uh, assistance program called Doe and Degrees. You can Google it. There's all kinds of articles out there on it. But uh, the guy was, uh, he was just looking for, you know, someone to give him a chance to make that career transition from what he had been doing into the OD space, into HR, because that's what he was so passionate about. But what a cool way to like actually see somebody on the job, demonstrate those skills. So he was being interviewed and didn't even know it. All right, I gotta do a quick ad read. So today's episode of Higher Learning is
0: brought to you by Ashley Furniture. No, I'm totally kidding. Wow, <laughs> that was rich. You are bringing the heat with these interview stories. That's amazing. So you found them at Ashley Furniture, saw him in the moment, brought him into interview.
1: Yeah, and he's there and he's doing great things. Man, I love that. Great, yeah. great. Story. still there today, doing doing great things, making a heck of an impact.
0: All right. What about when you miss on somebody? Okay. Because we all make misses sometimes. Is there a theme that you look back or something where you kick yourself and you're like, I wish I would have done this? Is there a theme when you don't when you make a wrong hire what happened?
1: Yeah, you know, the I guess the thing that it is people have <laughs> there's people out there that that have the ability to talk a good game and not necessarily back it up, right? And that's usually where you get into a situation of, of having a bad hire. The interview, the conversation was really, really good. Uh, You felt great about it. You brought them on board, but at the end of the day, they, they just couldn't get the job done. And that's the, you know, that's the action oriented piece and being able to land the plane. And so you're like, gosh, you know, you, you have all the right kind of characteristics here. You're a great individual. You know, you, you're, it's not for lack of effort right you put forth a great effort you you've got the right thought processes in place you're very collaborative you're just not getting it done you just can't land the plane to me mm-hmm. that's the that's the the common theme that i've had in bad hires and then you know once you get in and understand why that's happening some people are coachable and you're able to get them to a better place where you know you can improve their performance uh, some of them are not, and you got to make a tough call.
0: I love that. We're going to have a little story time now. So I'm going to tell you about a time where we were hiring for MSH back in 2000, I don't know, 14, 15 area. And yeah. we ended up hiring, so we had, we're going through an interview process with a gentleman, uh, guy had a master's degree, super sharp, intellectual quotient, just like out the door, like amazing, super intellectual, articulate guy. So really, yeah. really did it all from an intelligence perspective in additionally strong emotional quotient so he was always you know he actually wrote handwritten letters to each person he interviewed with after the fact and brought up multiple things that reference that were specific to that conversation where you were just reading you're like this is incredible and so we're talking about do we you know hire this guy don't hire this guy he's got the iq he's got the eq what can go wrong bring him in comes in Starts working, okay, ramping up, not going the way we thought, but okay, we'll give it time, you know, we we went through the due diligence of hiring this person, putting a lot into, into it, just not seeing what we need to see. And so as I started to evaluate, you know, because I'm constantly obsessed with figuring out the formula to making great hires and making hiring more certain, I started to ask myself, what is going on where this person who has such high qualities and two very key characteristics, two fundamental characteristics that might be the two most important things when you hire somebody, how could this person have not worked out? Right. <clears throat> what I realized, okay, is that there's an IQ, there's an EQ, but then there's a term I came up with that's called AQ, Application Quotient, because you can be super yeah. smart and you can be super personable and you can do it, it, but then you can all, you also have to be able to apply those gifts to the betterment yeah. of yourself and the people around you. There's plenty of people who are intellectuals, who are great people to talk to, that sit in a Starbucks at three o'clock on a Wednesday and that's what they're doing. And they're not really applying their skills in a way that's gonna make a big impact on people or make a big impact for them professionally. And so I started to understand, and it goes back to that action orientation when you when you said, how do, they, how do they apply all these immense gifts they have and get the most out of them? Because that's just as important, if not more important a lot of the time,
1: than yep, someone's yep. intellect
0: and emotional capability.
1: Right absolutely
0: we're on it that's last really
1: question. good man i like that a lot
0: hey let's write a book together we can do it together okay i'm um, down let's go <laughs> last question all right i'm going to ask this a little bit differently than i typically do technology and you know all these different things that are happening with proliferation of technology and innovation and things like that when it comes to hiring though man i don't know about you i feel a little bit underwhelmed in terms of technology when you're in the actual hiring experience what's out there Maybe you feel differently. But if you could wave a wand and there was technology that could do what in a interview experience that would either make you better at the interview or better understand? what is there anything that comes to mind?
1: Gosh, I mean, you know, that's not out there already. And that's a that's a tough question. I mean, because I feel like that, you know, the technology that's out there today, I mean analyzing, you know, facial expressions, responses, you know, I mean, th- there's a lot out there. Uh, currently. I, think, I think you're on to that. Let me ask
0: you this. How, what do you do to record information in an interview? When you're interviewing, are you, because are, it's so important to maintain that kind of, you know, that yeah. rapport and that connection. And if you're constantly writing down or typing into an ATS or anything, that's really tough. What do you do in an interview situation? How do you handle that?
1: Yeah. So it's just to stay focused. You know, I'm, I'm kind of old school when it comes to the interviewing process. I haven't necessarily embraced some of this new technology and, um, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence about it in, in some ways and how I feel about it and, and what the unintended, you know, the potential unintended consequences that can come from it. Right. So any, any time that you're looking at, uh, you know, leveraging technology for the purposes of selection, you have to be very, very careful. Uh, and so I don't like to be the first person through the brick wall. Yep. I like to see a few others go through it first and see, you know, uh, what their experiences have been. But mine is, is just be, be present in the moment, right? Be present in the moment. Uh, you know, if you can have someone else join you in the interview that can help take notes, that's always a great practice. We would tag team interviews a lot. Uh, you know, partner up on them, not do a full panel, but, you know, just have a couple of people in there and there's nothing wrong with, you know, teeing that up in the beginning of the conversation to say that, hey, I brought my partner here with me today and they're going to ask a couple of questions, but more importantly, they're just, they're going to help me keep notes, you know, so um, we can keep track of the discussion that we're having today.
0: I love that you said that there's something that, um, you know, I'm somebody that's been involved with tens of thousands of interviews, right? Um, Yeah. Coaching yeah. them, being in them, all that good stuff. Um, and I what I realized is, even though I've been in that many interviews, I've done a lot of interviews, is that I've had some opportunities where I actually sat as a third party and the person didn't even know I was able to kind of view what was going on. And yeah. I found my hit rate on if somebody was going to be a fit was so much higher being oh, a third party, not involved in watching body language and answers to questions and things like that. Yep. Um, that Whereas I'm in the moment, you get it's hard not to get caught up in the answers and in the conversation and the rapport, especially you know, I'm pretty, uh, pretty much an extrovert over here. So when I get involved in the conversation, I get all in. And sometimes you can lose your way a little bit on you absolutely kind of, can. Part of the process to qualifying the right person. So I think that's a great call out on your part. I'm going to read you a post that you wrote on LinkedIn. I, I want to get an idea of what you were talking about and what you were thinking about in this moment. So this is a little bit a while ago. So I hope you can remember I'm so proud of Papa John's for providing this fully funded program and my team for all their hard work to make it happen. Great job, Chad Jones from Ashley furniture, right? I think we yeah, got that. Right. It's not just about being an employer of choice and setting our people up for success. It's also about doing our part to make a difference on the rising costs of education in our country. I'm incredibly grateful to be part of a brand and a team that's driven to make a difference and helping people reach their full potential. And this is about the better employer program at Papa John's. What can you tell us about that and tell us why you were so proud of that initiative?
1: That was really about the Doe and Degrees program. Okay. So that the Doan and Degrees program is an educational benefit that, you know, I I had tasked uh, Chad Jones with. I went to Chad and I said, look, you know, as part of organizational development, I see an opportunity here at Papa John's where we can take this educational benefit that most organizations have out there, right, where, you know, that's tuition reimbursement typically, capped out at, you know, $5,250 a year because that's what the IRS allows from a taxable perspective and uh, take that tuition reimbursement and and really blow it out. I think we can do something better here and, and not just have it as an employee benefit, but integrate it into the career development program. Mm. Pull it over to where it's part of career development. So if you're interested, if you're a team member within the restaurant And you're interested in, you know, moving into a more professional role in the head office somewhere or with another franchise group, like you want to get into HR, you want to get that education, Mm -hmm. get that knowledge, uh, whatever the certification may be, let's leverage that as a way to do that. So I, you know, it was this separate thing that would sit over here off to the side as part of the employee benefits. And it's still there, but, you know, I asked Chad, I said, you know, this is the vision for the program. Can we figure out a way to do this and, and really scale it and and do it in a way in which, you know, we can build a business case and and, and show, um, you know, the business that it pays for itself. And he's like, I don't know. I love your vision, but we'll figure it out, you know, and he got to work and probably about a year later, we came back, uh, worked together. Chad, you know, built out a model where this educational benefit, right? It it wasn't reimbursement. Papa John's pays the tuition 100% upfront. You don't pay anything. It's not capped. It's 100%. They'll pay 100% of your your college education, and it's available to all team members that you know are company you know employed by the company. And some of the franchisees have adopted a similar version of it, but it's primarily company employees before this, you know, to, to have a hundred percent of your college, you know, tuition paid for, and you only have to be with the company. I believe now the policy is written for, you know, 90 days, uh, in average, like 30 hours a week. And so. And Chad may have, you know, negotiated something even better at this point to get it down to, you know, 60 days or less hours. But at the time, it was 90 days and about 30 hours average, you know, a week. And they'll pay 100% of your college education. And then to be able to, you know, incorporate that into the career development program. So as you're looking at your career path and the options that are available to you and the types of training and certifications that you need to get, well, that's great. You know, and Papa John's is going to provide you with the support for that, and they're going to pay for it up front. It's not a reimbursement; it's they pay for it up front. And uh, the way the financial model ended up working out for it, and you know, leveraging you know some of the FAFSA and the scholarships that are out there across the country. You know, Chad was able to build out that financial model and get it to where, you know, the cost of paying this on average per team member at Papa John's was less than the cost of turnover. It was a no-brainer.
0: Wow. And so there wasn't nothing tied to like ROI or years of service or anything like that? Like how did they make sure that they were getting?
1: That's it. It was the cost of turnover. So, you know, did a, a soft launch and let it roll out there for a couple of years. As we looked at it over a couple of year period of time, lo and behold, the people that went into the Doan Degrees program that were going after their college education, they stuck around. You know, when you're looking at the restaurant business and the amount of turnover that is there within the restaurant business, um, it's pretty high. And typically you're losing the majority of your team members within the first 90 days, sometimes the first 60 days, like you can lose 60% of your, you know, new hires within the first 90 days. Wow. That's how the restaurant space goes, especially quick service restaurants. You know, I mean, that's just across the industry and um black box is an organization out there um, that, you, you know, has all these great data points that you can get some good benchmarking from. So shout out to them, but they they really helped us uh, establish a, a return on investment in terms of, hey, what's the what's the cost of turnover, the average cost of turnover, not just for Papa John's, but comparing that to everyone else. How long do I need to keep somebody in position before, you know, I get a full payback on my investment into your college tuition?
0: That is one of the more fantastic programs I've ever heard. And I wonder you're so proud of that. That is amazing. Yeah. Major credit to Chad, who's getting a lot of love on this podcast. I sure hope he listens to
1: it. (laughs) He did a a great job, that's for sure.
0: It sounds like it. All right, last question. If you had one bit of advice that you would offer maybe your 24-year-old, Seth, that you didn't know then but you know now, or maybe anybody early in their career who's listening to this, what would it be?
1: You know, it's going to be – Gosh, as I think back on my career, take advantage of every life experience you possibly can. Okay. You're not. So, what I mean by that is um, you're, you are, right? Every, each one of us is a culmination of our own life experiences. Every experience that you have in life has an impact on your character, your personality, how you show up every day in every way in your professional life as well as your personal life. And so every opportunity you get to take on new experiences, new challenges, to stretch yourself, to grow, to expand, take it. Don't turn anything down, take it. If you can make it work, if you can figure out how to take on a new opportunity, a new experience to gain a new experience, go for it, whether you think you're ready or not. And it will be the most fulfilling life that you could ever imagine. That's, that's, that's my, my, my two cents.
0: That's good. Great advice. All right, Rich, if somebody heard on here. Some of the things that you're saying, they're like you know, I want to talk to this guy for an executive coaching opportunity. How do people get a hold of you?
1: Reach out to me on LinkedIn.
0: Okay, yeah, that's
1: reach right. out to me okay. on LinkedIn. You Rich can Butler.
0: You, we'll link it in the we'll link it in the comments. I'm sure you're going to gain a lot of fans after this conversation. And so, if they want to, they can reach out to you, and then you can set them up. Right?
1: That's right. You can look on my profile, and there's a place where you can you know schedule an appointment with me right up underneath my name there on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn.com rich-butler. All right, Rich.
0: I really appreciate the conversation. I had a good time. Thanks so much for coming on and uh look forward to staying
1: connected. All right. Thank you, Oz. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Yep. Have a good one.
1: Take care.